Good evening and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football, everyone's favourite English language podcast about the K-League. He's back, Paul, after a, a month-long hiatus. Has it been a month? I don't know, it feels like two, but maybe maybe only a month. You were you were home in sunnier, well maybe not sunnier, but warmer climes. Yep, back in the UK for two weeks. Took in a Wednesday game. Took it a Wednesday night game or a Sheffield Wednesday game? A Sheffield Wednesday game. Okay, did you see a victory? I did. Well, that's the first one in 2018. <laughs> I got the got the <laughs> got the manager sacked for the two, second year in a row. You got quite a few managers sacked actually, if you so as well, right? I guess you got two managers sacked as so as well, right? Okay, sweet. So good to have you back. Uh, it's, like the, it's like the Blues Brothers. We're putting the band back together again. Yep. But that was not the intro. We didn't choose a Blues Brothers intro. You chose. You know what? I was going to go for Blue Moon with uh, what's his face on the way to. Ulsan, but then things changed. Yep. So that went out the window. Uh, went for Jai Ho, which is uh, from the, the film Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. In celebration of India's cracking win against the Thais. Indeed. So everyone was probably expecting India to be maybe one of the whipping boys, at least, at least in that match, maybe not in that group, but in that match. But instead... I was expecting to be the dog's dinner they were last time they were in the Asian Cup. Yeah, but instead they won... 4-1. 4-1, com- comfortably as well, right? Um, actually, their cap- is it, I think it's their captain has now scored more international goals than Lino Messi or something like that. I don't know, it's been all over Twitter the last couple of days, yeah? He, he was a sand... He's the meat in the sandwich between Messi and Ronaldo. Is that what it is? Of, in terms of currently active top goal scoring strikers on the international scene. So he's ranked number two. Okay, I actually saw a Photoshop once of someone else in the meat between the Siamese between Messi and Ronaldo. But anyway, um, that was at the uh, Golden Globe Awards or something, yeah? So this week, this week's podcast, obviously last week we had the, the Asian Cup preview. This week we're now going to delve into what's been happening in Asian Cup, right? So kind of a, an Asian Cup special again, I guess. So on the agenda we're going to look at Korea's first opening uh, group match. I guess we'll look at their next match which is coming up this week. Tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow night. Well, yep, we'll look at some, some fun facts, some interesting stats about uh, the Asian Cup. Okay. We'll delve into a little bit about the injuries probably before and during the tournament so far as well. Maybe allude to some of the, the causes there. Spoiler alert, probably the pitches. <laughs> um, and I guess, yeah, we'll kind of talk about our, our own 48 Shades Prediction League, which is going so well, it's probably not too late to join. <laughs> <laughs> it started off badly with a couple of uh, shock results. Uh, the last couple of days, things have gone pretty much to form, so... I think I still have two points though. Uh, you, you've not checked it, have you? You've got like ten. Ten, ten points out of a possible hundred is not is not my usual scoring. To be perfectly honest, yeah. You can make it up on the bonus round. It, yes, I forgot about those twenty-four almost impossible to answer questions, right? <laughs> um, but obviously, it's a K League podcast, so we will touch on on domestic football a little bit as well. We're going to talk about some of the recent transfer news. You talked about Blue Moon. We're going to talk a little bit about what that actually means. And then I guess we'll move back over you know, you know, non-domestic and talk about Che Kang He, right? You know there are quite a lot of languages in the world that don't differentiate between blue and green. They don't have separate words for the for those colours. It's just the same. Even Korean originally, the, it was the same word for, for both blue and green. I did not know that. Which is presumably why, maybe why, or, or maybe you just went to Seoul Station, got on the train 
to uh, challenge you when you thought he was going to Ulsan. So does that mean that, because isn't, isn't, what's the word for green right now in Korean? Troxic. Oh wow, see, did, did he go after it was knock or something, right? A knock, yeah. Okay, but that's the same word for green and blue? Uh, chong. Okay. Chong is the word for blue and also green, so if you ask a Korean what colour chong is, you get a, a, a variety of answers. So not only are we a footballing podcast, but we're also branching out into teaching languages as well. Uh, so please, that should boost our, our listeners up to about 10,000, right? So next week, Paul will discuss how to differentiate between dogs and cats. Cats. Let's not do male and female, because that's kind of tough, right? So we'll do dogs and cats first, right? Anyway, back to the football. Did you watch Monday night's uh, footballing extravaganza that was Korea versus... I forgot they were playing already. It was that bad a game, right? Kyrgyzstan. Yes. No, Philippines. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it was, right? <laughs> it was China. Because I watched, I watched both games. But I, was, right. I was paying more attention to the China-Kyrgyzstan one. We started off with a, with a, a rather uh, surprising uh, goal yeah. for Kyrgyzstan and then China fought back and, and won it 2-1 in the end. Well, right? did they? Or did the... Or did the uh, Someone should investigate that Kyrgyzstan keeper for match fixing because he was absolutely t- dire. I mean, the, the equaliser was about as blatant a throw the ball in, in your own net as you're going to get. I mean, Bruce Gobbler was clapping his hands at it, right? And then the, the, the winner for China, he kind of came out and then just stopped. He should have, he should have just followed through and taken the striker out. By the, by the time the winner was scored, I was already on my second or third beer, so... Um, I didn't actually see anything after one each. Was that, I can't even remember if that was half time or not, right? And then you weren't well the next day, were you? And then I got the norovirus, which I still have. So this is why, this is why if, you, if there's a difference in the audio, it's because me and Paul are actually the full length of, of like the Batman table from the first Batman movie with uh, Michael Keaton, right? Anyway, um, back to the football. So it finished 2-1 China, is that correct? Yep. Okay, so that was, uh, I guess, a score that went according to plan. And they celebrated like they'd won the whole thing. Uh, well, I mean, probably, um, given the other scores around them, they probably thought that put them in the favourite seat, right? Um, the first the first kind of surprising result was probably, it was, was probably Qatar drawing, I think, was probably the first one, but then... Um, Qatar, they, they won. Uh, not Qatar, UAE, right? They drew in the first in the opening game or something. <laughs> Against right? Bahrain. Against Bahrain. But uh, probably even more surprising was Australia losing to Jordan. To Jordan. Who last time I saw them, they were married by, they were managed by um, Ray Wilkins. I love how you put Jordan and married, because that's normally what we do when we talk about Jordan on a podcast, right? Who she married to now, right? But uh, managed, yeah. Because that was, that was probably the, the, the biggest shock so far, right? I mean, uh, they were good value for their win. I yeah, know, I thought I so. If you watched the game, uh, I did indeed. Yes, I watched it with some um, Gould Samkatang. Although Australia did have a really good chance right at the death, pretty much the last kick of the game. The goalie spilled it, um, and it rebounded to one of the Australian players, uh, and he kind of miscued it, and it, which actually went in his favour because it skewed off towards the, the net, but it was cleared away, and then the ref blew his whistle, and winners from last time out. Start off with a loss. Not for the first time, apparently. Uh, yeah, and uh, your man, Rogic. Was Ro- terrible. Yeah. He was like K-League-esque at one point. There was one point where the, where the ball broke broke to him maybe eight, ten yards out, and he, he kind of 
tried to volley and he fluffed it like outside the stadium almost, right? It was horrendous. Um, yeah, I mean, Australia looked poor. Um, I'm not, they are, as we found out last week in the podcast, you know, they are missing a lot of players, but they still should be, they should be beating Jordan. I mean, it doesn't look good for their defence. All right, Chris. All right, Chris. <laughs> anyway, so this going to be the most important game was obviously, as we discussed, Korea versus the, the Philippines. Philippines. Uh, Son absent due to his not coming over for the first couple of games. Uh, the way Korea are playing, he might not have to fly over at all, right? <laughs> they were pretty uh, poor. So I, I didn't think they were that bad. I know that the uh, sort of everyone's opinion on Twitter was that Korea were terrible. I thought they looked quite lively. Um, they lacked a bit of composure for sure there's a lot of wayward passing uh, a lot of dodgy shooting but they looked lively they were moving around a lot uh, kind of tailed off in the second half I think okay. any surprising inclusions in, in the starting 11? <laughs> all of them all of them So you knew not making them was pretty surprising right? yeah because he's been pretty consistent in goal yeah. for the last few games really surprised that he, he was dropped for this one um, obviously Wang Yijou started scored the goal uh, thoughts on the goal? I mean, I could I could talk about it all, all night, but I mean, this is a short podcast. I could be here for two hours talking about that goal. Given the ball in that area, you always got to put money on him doing something like that. But I mean, if you if you look at the build up, like the movement, the way he sells the player, the, the way he anticipates the cutback, the way he then controls it, volleys it, it's it's a thing of beauty. I've I've watched that goal about twenty times. It's absolutely very fantastic uh, goal. Very. Spurs Sonomina-esque yeah I mean very un Wang Yijou-esque to be perfectly honest which is why obviously I think he finished I'm not going to say the number second third top top goal scorer or something like that in the J-League um, so, so do you think he's improved a lot while playing in the J-League I would say without a doubt yeah I mean I think he would have improved a lot anyway I think he, he had the potential if he could just hone his composure let's say you know I used to always joke that the Huang Ejo needed six shots on goal to score one um, and I think what definitely I think we, we, we talked about this during the Asian games but what he seems to have done definitely for, for me is kind of like he he's way more composed in front of goal I mean the, the Huang Ejo of old would have fallen over that ball you know, he you know he he would have mistimed the cutback, or he would have like run into the the player or or, or something. Um, so you so must you must be absolutely gutted then, because originally, under the terms of the when he went to Japan, he would he would have been due back at the beginning of this season to back to Songnam, and he would have played for what three or four months and gone off to do his military service. Pretty much, yeah. Which would have given Songnam a pretty good flying start on their return to the K1. But because he got the exemption from the Asian Games, he doesn't need to come back to his military service. So I assume he's staying in Japan. Yeah, well, I think as, as far as I'm aware, he's got he's got another year in, in Osaka, and we'll see what happens from from there. I mean, it's not going to be long until Rijo is playing in Europe. I think uh, we'll see how he goes in the Asian Cup. But um, yeah, I mean, when it, it was funny because I was actually at Butchon, at Butchon away. And I was talking to uh, one of the one of the the older guard of the YF boys, and that's when we started talking about. You know, he was like, in on one hand, you know, I really want Korea to win the Asian Games, but on the other hand, if they, if, if they win gold, then we won't see Wang Joe back again. 
And I think, you know, like a lot of Southern fans were like, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's great to see Korea win, it's great to see him, you know, get exempt from the military, but it means that we'll probably never see him, never see him play at Songnam again. I mean, like, his... You, the, you might see him play at Songnam for Chumbuk. For Chumbuk, yeah. Like, well, the details of his contract were when he moved to Osaka was he couldn't play for any other K-League team other than Songnam. But that was tied Forever. in... Forever. Well, that was tied in with his with his military service. The, the deal was when he came back to play for Sangju, he would have to go to Songnam. That was the as long as he was still a Gamba player. So he'd he'd have to go back to Songnam to play his like few months. To yeah, get the same as yeah. the guy you signed from the Middle East, right? Im Young Ju. Yeah. Um, so he would have to go to Songnam, do that a couple of months, get back into the K League, and then move to Sangju. But now that he he doesn't need to do that, he's not. I mean, that's why he came last game of the season. He came to Tanchon when we beat uh, Pusan in the last game and he was there before the game and after the game. He came out and said goodbye to the fans and that was his final, like, basically I'm never coming back as a player because I've, I've won the gold medal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whether he moves to Europe and then comes back in five years' time, yeah, if he comes back in five years' time, he's going to go to one of the Hyundai clubs, right? Well, given how things are going right now, it's going to be either John Booker or Osan. But you think he'll go to Europe? Um, I mean, I don't know how long you'll stay in, in, in the J-League for, right? So in four years' time, Chris Sutton will be complaining about, well, oh, Korea should be able to beat the Philippines without Hangi Joe. <laughs> Pretty but much, yeah. Which time you'll retweet this, this result from yesterday and say, actually, last time. Last time he did, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know where it'll go. Maybe, maybe Europe, maybe, maybe not, but um, maybe China, I don't know. But he, he definitely, I think... The Wangy Joe that left Songnam was was a raw talent. There was there was definitely incredible talent there. Uh, he's he's sharpened it, honed it in, in in the J League. Where he goes next, he has the potential to go only upwards, in my opinion. To to be honest. So he also had quite a lot of talent in another area of life. Do you Wait, think I'm... he's honed that in Japan as well? <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen any posts that he's like getting married or anything. <laughs> I haven't, but let's say you know there's a lot of vending machines in Japan that probably help him out. <laughs> and let's move on from that one. So the game, I mean, Korea, I, I, I almost yeah. said Songnam won one now, but Korea won one now. But your, your take on it was quite different to mine. Uh, my, my take on it was that I guess my you know b- before the game I was looking at a two 0 three 0 victory over over the Philippines. I, I thought that the Philippines held them held their own well. I don't think it was Korea were worse than I expected. I think the Philippines were better than yeah, I expected. Yeah, yeah. I think probably that's more the case. Yeah, I think the Philippines did well. They they limited Korea quite a bit. I think to sort of long range efforts. Uh, again, I was it's what we talked about in our preview. Um, maybe not so much about the, the performance but we, I, I, I watched it with the Phantom in a bar in Gongdok and they tried to close the, the bar before uh, full time because it was only me and the Phantom sitting watching it literally no one is giving no, no, no one is caring right until it gets to Hanil John, John time and then it will suddenly be like oh let's everyone go out and watch we beat Japan I guess there'll be a little uptick once, once Sun turns up probably once Sun turns up but right now it's. I, I don't think people even know what's happening in Korea, which is what we talked about, you know, in our in our preview for well, for the seagull. Although the, the the Korea game was on a on a main a main cable channel. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. All the rest of the games on a channel I don't even have. JTBC three three, which I get to watch a two minute preview of one game per day. Before the it tells me to sign up. I mean, I get it for free. Well, I, I get it. I don't know how I get it. 
my I guess you've got a better a better cable package than I have. Well, my wife's in charge of the cable package, so I don't know I don't know what I have to you've be perfectly honest. Got a bigger package than me. <laughs> that's not the first time that's been said. Anyway. <laughs> so moving on. Um you as we talked about, that that was the game they played. Um uh, interestingly the the next game is is up against Kyrgyzstan. Okay. Um, having watched them against China, do you think we're looking at another hard-fought one-nil victory, or do you think that we're looking at a two-three-nil victory? Um, I think they've got two ways to play this. Um, I think the Kyrgyzstan also were better than I thought they were going to be, but I think you just just fire at the goalie at will, right? <laughs> Wait yeah. for him to drop one. Basically, yeah. Okay, but that, the, the game is tomorrow night at one a.m. So Friday through to Saturday. Yeah, um, quite late. Yeah, I won't be step, watching it. You won't. You won't. You won't step and watch it. Uh, Friday night through into Saturday. Yeah, yes, I will. Because I'm, I'm not working Saturday, so I, I guess I probably will stay up and watch it with a few beers. Not sure, but I'll be a big comment on it next week. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I might actually step and watch it then. Come to the embassy for a beer. I might step and watch it. I'll meet you halfway and I'll watch it. I'm not going to meet you the full way and go to and go to like the butcher's aprons um, embassy and watch it. Um, so, what's your expectation then? <sighs> yeah, the goalkeeper is horrendously dodgy, right? Um, so three nil. Three nil. Yeah, playing a jolted bag, a brace, and. Someone else to get a third. No, yeah, maybe two now. They two or three now. I think, I think probably, um, yeah. As you said, I think if they fire in crosses at that keeper, if they shoot at that keeper, he's going to spill the ball, and and Wang and Joe is going to be there to mop up any any rebounds. Yeah. And can we just going forward? Can we clarify the fact it's called a rebound and not a second ball? As all the Korean commentators are screaming, second ball, second ball, when obviously the word is rebound, right? Let me just check. I've put my predictions in for these. The games are about to start, actually. Uh, I don't think I have done mine, but now that we're on predictions, uh, I tell you what. Since it's still before kickoff, even if you don't have time to enter them, if you say them on on the air now, I'll enter them manually afterwards. I think I have done mine. I can check actually. Yeah, you can check, right? <laughs> so I've done mine. Okay. But, yeah, but talking of predictions. So who's? So there's like how many players are we? Like, 410 um, there's about 25 25 although three of them don't appear to be doing anything ok they're probably just waiting until, until the knockout stages. you haven't done your predictions I haven't done my predictions no and we have five minutes until kickoff, right do you want me to uh, tell you what the games are yep please Bahrain Thailand Bahrain Thailand yep uh, 1-0 Thailand ok Jordan Syria Jordan Syria. Yeah. I'm just going to repeat them every time you say them, right? Jordan Syria. Uh, one each. One each. Are you entering them or are you just? Uh, no, because. Okay. I can I can enter them on my on India UAE. India UAE. I'm going to go for a two-two draw. Okay. I didn't. I have to listen back to this later because I don't. <laughs> so one 0 Thailand, one each, two each. One nil, one all, two all. Yep. Okay. Um, and for Andy Clay, 
Ouija and Jeproff 11 and Rabona Mike. If you uh, <laughs> call in, if you tweet, tweet in the next five minutes, I'll, I'll accept yours as well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so who has top of the league uh, at the moment? It is Tejon Minguk. Who's Tejon Minguk? I wonder. Okay. Everyone's favourite Tejon fan. Oh, okay. And who's second? Father John. Sorry, the Reverend J. Christ. Okay, and then finally, who's third? Uh, NZ Footy. NZ Footy must be a member of your boys, right? Uh, no, it's a guy off the forum. Got the forum. Yep. Okay, sweet. And then so I'm in fourth. You're in fourth. That doesn't count, though, because your points never count. Okay. Speaking of which, we didn't actually ever send out the gifts for the K League one. That that will be done shortly, I promise. <laughs> you still haven't done that. No, I'll DM you for your addresses, guys, tonight when I get home. Moving into a new year now. Yep. Can't be done. It can be done. Okay, so I've already closed the accounting for 2018. <laughs> <laughs> it closed with zero in the balance, and it's open with zero in the balance, right? Sales of zero, <laughs> expenses of. Actually, made a loss last year. Because <laughs> <laughs> the expenses are pretty high. Okay, so we had the entertainment account. Okay, so we talked a, a little bit about, uh, you know, there were some injuries. So before the tournament started, we had uh, something like three Australian players, two Japanese, player, two Japanese players, and one Korean pullout. Na Sang-ho pulled out, right? Yep. And this happened during the training camps. Um, which is obviously unsettled, you know, two of Korea's biggest rivals in Australia and and uh, Japan, right? But Korea also got a couple of injuries in their first game. Yeah. Ki Sung Young limped off. He's going to miss, the rumour I heard is he'll miss the next game, but he'll be back for China. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. And then, uh, is it Kim Jin Soo? Uh, I think so, yeah. The left back, also a little bit sore, so... So, I mean, what do you think is causing that? Like, uh, do, do you think it's pitches? Do you think it's, uh, like, are we going to say that the, the pitches are, are, are not great and that's why they're picking up injuries in the training camp as well? Or uh, I think it's probably a lack of rubbing alcohol to rub them down after training to make sure they don't get injured. Okay. Or maybe too much rubbing alcohol before. <laughs> but no, when, when, uh, like when I saw, sort of saw this string of injuries coming in, I did. My mind did automatically go to the pitches or the training pitches, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't know if that's being harsh because the pitches themselves don't look that bad. On they TV. do look pretty good, right? On TV, they do look and pretty. The stadiums look nice. Yeah. And to be fair, you can see all of the stadium because there's not much in the way of crowds. <laughs> yeah. I don't think has there been a a a largely attended game yet. Well, the opening game which had the host nation playing was about 75% full, I think. Yeah, I think that's the only one, right? But the rest of them have been pretty... Japan last night was dead. Uh, Vietnam, they had a lot of fans there, but the rest of the the stadium was empty. Um, Korea, don't remember there being a huge crowd at the Korea game. There was quite a few for... quite a few Jordanians there. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of which game I watched that there was a reasonable, like, like a reasonable attendance for, for for one of the games, right? Uh, but yeah, I was surprised that they. What are the columns of it? Is it the Samurai Blue, the Samurai Army, the Japanese fans? I can't remember what their actual. That you know, you have, you have the Red Devils for Korea, but I can't remember what the Japanese name is. But I was really surprised by how quiet they actually seemed. Um, 
as well because they usually they're full of color and really loud and obviously flying their their uh, contentious flags but yeah I didn't see any of that last night but then again I only tuned in for a few minutes to be perfectly honest but, but you'd assume that because obviously it's, it's being held in the UAE that's surrounded by Bahrain Qatar Saudi Oman you'd have thought fans from all those countries would be able to get there easily enough maybe they've no interest in watching Korea versus the Philippines right I mean I don't know obviously the, the Saudi game was on a, was one of those 1am kickoffs right so I didn't yeah. watch that but I don't I don't know if that was quite full of, of Saudis okay. I can assume there wouldn't be too many North Koreans there but, but I, I wouldn't have thought so although the uh, Red Devils may have gone along to, to watch or are those really weird foreigners remember who who supported them in so the World Cup or the Asian Cup the Asian Cup four years ago right in Australia yeah. there, there was a bunch of Aussie boys that, that created a North Korean flag and followed them everywhere right weird okay anyway that's one fact is that we can say is that the stadiums have not been particularly busy for the games that we've watched yep. any other interesting facts that we have about the Asian Cup um, pick a team and I'll tell you something interesting about them Korea it's that way our own not our, our own country but our own nation of where we live yeah well, you remember when we did our preview we talked about the fact that Korea have been in the, the final how many times and they've been to the the like finished at least third a whole bunch, like about eight times right? yep uh, since 1972 they've never lost their opening game okay so that's what 11 or so in a row okay um, and during those times they have played some tough games well they played Saudi Arabia in 2000, 2007 got a draw uh, they drew two all with China in 2000 in their opening game another draw with Saudi Arabia in 84 so it's not like they're playing sort of really weak teams yeah so, so they've yeah. never lost an opening game since 72 yeah okay uh, and on the flip side of that since 2000 they've won their third group stage game as well okay so basically we're saying that they've, they've been undefeated in two of the three group stage games since 2000, right? Yeah, which means I assume they've lost a few in the second round. Yeah, so that means that basically everyone who's, who's predicting should throw everything they have on Korea winning their third game, right, against China. China. Which is the toughest one, you would argue. But losing to, well... But maybe I, would, I would have argued that a week ago, but having seen China... <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. So maybe they're going to lose tomorrow night to Kyrgyzstan and beat China, right? Yeah. You mentioned the final, right? I mean, because they, how have they been in the finals? They wouldn't have reached the final. How have they, how have they performed? Uh, they've played in four finals since 1972, uh, and they've lost all four. Lost all four? Three of them after extra time, uh, and one in, in the, within 90 minutes. Okay, and we all remember four years ago when they lost uh, to uh, to Australia, right? In extra time, yeah. I watched that in a, a a team building dinner. It was horrendous to watch. I remember Son what equalizing. Kind of, what kind of company arranges a team building dinner for a day like that? A kind of company that has zero interest in football, unfortunately. But I demanded that we change restaurant and go somewhere with a huge TV, yeah. and so we did. And I also, it was a kickoff meeting, sorry, and I also demanded that the kickoff meeting finish in time for me to watch the game, and it did. <laughs> so, right. and I'm still in the same company, amazingly, after making those demands, yeah? One more team. 
Um, we picked the Japanese. Japanese. Our nearest neighbours. Japanese since 2004. They've uh, won. So they they won the, the Asian Cup in 2004. Didn't do very well in 2007. Won in 2011. Didn't do very well last time out. So if you want to have a... If you like, your, if you're a fan of patterns, then put all your money on J- Japan to win this one. Okay, so they've won, not won. So one poor, one poor. Got to be a win this time, right? Yeah. Okay. Also, um, when they do well in the World Cup, the preceding World Cup, um, then they do well in the Asian Cup. So and they did exceptionally well in this World Cup, right? Yeah. They got well. They got to the last 16. Yeah, but considering who they were playing and stuff, right? I think everyone thought Japan did really well this World Cup. Okay, so that means that they should almost certainly win the Asian Cup then, right? Yeah. But those two injuries pre, pre-tournament pre might, might throw that off a little bit, yeah? But if they do lose, like in the knockout stage, you shouldn't put any money on the team beat, who beat Japan to go on and win, because it never happens. Okay, so... Whoever beats Japan is eliminated in the very next round. Ah, okay. So if someone beats Japan, they don't go any further. They, they beat them and then they're knocked out next round, yeah? Yeah. So, for example, last time out, UAE beat Japan in the quarterfinals and then they went out to Australia in the semis. Uh, in 2007, um, Saudi, Saudi beat Japan in the semifinal and then lost to Iraq in the final uh, and so on and so forth. So, ah, okay, sweet. So, there are some interesting facts, some interesting fun facts on the Asian Cup. You can see more uh, on our blog, uh, 48shadesblog.com. We're going to put half up this weekend and then half up next weekend. Yeah? So there'll be a part one and a part two. And we'll also talk about some more of them next week on, on next week's podcast episode. Okay. Okay, sweet. Okay, so well, we're talking about Asian Cups and you mentioned a little bit there about, about China uh, not doing particularly or not looking as good as you thought they would have done. There's also something else about Chinese football that's not looking particularly good right now that involves the K-League. Uh, well, the, the, yeah, Mr. Mr. Che, who's Mr. got his big money move to China. Exactly. Um, and the, the team that sport, sponsors that team, sorry, the company that sponsors that team is having some legal issues. So uh, they've uh, had the name changed today from Tianjin Chuanjian to Tianjin Tianhai. Uh, I checked with my Chinese contact and Mr. Che still believes he's going to be there coaching the, new, the team under its new name. Okay. Presumably with a, a slightly less budget to spend. So I also saw something on Twitter before we started recording that the, the name change this time round is not because another corporation has taken over. So it's not like a company name change. Yeah, it's, it's like a kind of nickname. It's like, yeah, it's like a nickname. It's like... Tien means sea or something and the second part of their name now means seaside or something so they've called themselves like the seaside team Tien means sky sky okay high means sea okay so it's like they call themselves the seaside team it's like a nickname or something yeah um, but I did read somewhere that Pato looks as if I think it's Pato that was there that they, yeah. their, their biggest or their, I guess one of their if not their biggest name player is, is, is getting they're in Florida. yeah they have to get rid of him or something due to this that the the issues with the owner so I guess Che went there thinking he was going to get an absolute bucket load of money 
more money than they would have got at John Book. Well, maybe not, when we look at the transfers in a second. Uh, and yeah, it's all falling apart around him. Yeah, I'm not quite sure his motivation in going there because they were a team that two years ago were in the second division in China. Obviously, this company's come in, put in a bunch of money, got them promoted, finished third the first season they were back in, well, they were in the, the, the CS1. Uh, and now last year they only finished ninth, so they're not going to be in, in the Asian Champions League. Um, you think maybe he was looking for a final challenge in his in his career? Maybe something, a final... Maybe he, he thought he was getting it too easy at John Book. There wasn't... It wasn't a challenge for him anymore, so he's moving to China for something different. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. I, I I would agree with you. It's not a young man's. It's not an old man's move. Sorry, it's a. You know, it's like you don't. I wouldn't imagine he would move to China in the latter stages of, of his career to take over a team that's not even in the ACL. It doesn't it'd be, it'd be really make like sense. Mourinho leaving Real Madrid and going to someone like uh, what's a mid-table Premier League club. Uh, Watford. Watford, yeah. <laughs> Man United. <laughs> that was probably Hosea that took him there, yeah? Okay. So, speaking of Hosea's, uh, uh, if Chase having a bad time uh, in China, do you think Jose Marais will be kind of nudged out the door and Che brought back? Uh, I think everyone will wait and see what happens. They're not, they're not going to they're not going to fire him before he's even kicked a ball in anger but you've got to admit his pedigree doesn't seem to be that great um, so finally we're going to as, as we've said before finally we're going to get proven is it is Che a tactical genius or could anyone do it with, with yep. the, the squad he has is a, is a, with the squad he has available to him interestingly that apparently it came out last week maybe yeah last week that one of the that one of the final candidates there was like three uh, on, the, on the short list Jose was one of them and one of the other two was uh, Ole Gunnar Soskar do you believe that though? no because at the time <laughs> it was the answer no at the time they were they were talking about two candidates right the, the guy in the middle the, the, the Eastern European in the middle, who was coaching in the yeah. Middle East and then um, it's Marais yeah and it went to Marias, so no one ever mentioned Solskjaer at all. Yeah, I find it really strange that if that was, if you were going to have a look at those two managers, um, really, did they pick Marias purely because of the Jose Mourinho link? Is that the plan? Is the plan to get Mourinho to come over and attend a John Book game so they can get that photograph and then that's it? After that, they'll just fire him? That doesn't make any sense. If they were going to do that, they would have chucked a shed load of money at Solskjaer, got him to bring Fergie over have a photo with him and Pak Chisong yeah I mean they, I, I, I don't really I don't believe that, that Shoshkaya was there I, I don't think he was one of the because you would have imagined just based on name alone that John would, would have chosen him and Murray's history you know as a, as a coach is less than great I mean let's be perfectly honest I mean it's pretty poor so I don't really, I don't really see why they would choose him over Oli, Oli to be honest. So, but that's a rumor came out last week that he was he was one of the final names in the in the in the shortlist, and they went for Marais instead. Well, 
It's a good job he didn't come here because he wouldn't have stayed very long, right? If Man United didn't yeah, yeah, call him. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess. You think he's going to sit there and take a phone call from Man United and say, sorry, lads, I'm a John Book. I'm a John Book. I've always wanted to be a John Book as he pulls down his green scarf and pulls up his red Man U one, right? <laughs> okay, so last thing you talk about then is a little bit talking about yeah, some, just, some transfers. There's more? But, but actually, if you're coming on to transfers, it, it doesn't link in. Okay. Because we were saying um, we'd be able to sort of find out once and for all whether it's Chase talent or just the quality of players they have there but actually there's been quite a lot of turnover at, at Chumbuk right they're getting in a bunch of players yep they're bolstering a squad which is already um, pretty bolstered if yeah you me. I mean they're bringing in I mean they're basically slapping up all and sundry everyone well, basically right yeah so they brought in the Gyeongnam guy midfielder they're, they're rumoured to be bringing in uh, M Chai Min from from Songnam into the defence, haven't they signed some some goalkeeper as well? Uh, as you talked earlier, Blue Moon, you know, like looks as if Moon Song Min from Incheon is on his way to Jongbuk. Uh, they signed Hang Hansen Gu Gu yesterday, who was supposed to be coming to Seoul. Yeah, I think Seoul seemed to be lacking leadership to someone because they said they were in negotiations with Hansen Gu for like a month, and then. Chumbo got wind of it and then swooped in and just made the decision. I mean, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of Rangers of of the nineties. You know, they they would see a player in in the SPL or the Scottish Prem, the Scottish Premiership, I think as as, as it was then. Uh, and you know, if he played well against them twice, they would just sign him and bench him because you know you, you, you can't do any harm against us from the bench. And that seems to be what what, what John Booker have done this year. They've looked at anyone. I mean, Moon, when it was Renshaw, I mean, like, <clears throat> Incheon was probably the only team that gave John Book a, a tough time last year. And so they went out and signed arguably their best player. Um, and for, for, for me, I mean, okay, fine. If you have the most money in the league, that's what you do. I mean, you're the biggest team, you have the most money. But you, you've already wondered who's pulling the strings in, in these transfers. I mean, did Jose Marias come over and say, hey, I really want him, him chime in. You know, I watched him play for Sangju in 2017. He's the man who's going to complete my defence. Um, no. So who, you know, they've come in and it's like, these are obviously Che-esque players, which again makes me wonder, you know, if Marias is even having signings forced upon him. So, I mean, he's, he's rumoured to have convinced or... or told the board that Adriano and Thiago have to go nowhere so again you're looking at a team that Thiago could barely get get on the bench Adriano really didn't feature much I mean he should have been a prolific player in, in John Book if he repeated his FC Soul form but he never really got, got the chance And but instead of you know they're bringing more players in on top of them it's how many players can you put in a pitch in, in one game right I mean, I guess uh, Idongook is another year older, a little bit slower. Um, Wookie. He's fifth top goal scorer in Kaylee history. The Wookie. He's in the top 10. We talked about this day. He's in the top 10. Dear top God. 10 all time Kaylee goal scorers. The Wookie's up there. I can't remember which number it is, five or seven or something. Why doesn't he swoop in and make a bid for Pak Jong? I mean,. Yeah, it's a strange one. Maybe Songnam should sign him as a replacement for the non-coming, non-returning Hwangi Jo. 
Well, Sonam have managed to attack, but while we're on the subject of uh, John Book players, Sonam have tied down either on another year's contract, whether it's another year loan from John Book, whether John Book still own him, or whether Sonam have signed him from from his Brazilian club. I don't actually know what this what the situation is there with either, but he's he's coming back. I mean, Sonam have been hugely active in the transfer window as well. Um, the Songnam fans are calling it the, the Avengers of the K2. So what they've done is they've looked at every K2 team and they've signed like a player, you know, like the top players from the K2 team. So they signed a uh, Chio Bak from from um, So Eland, uh, Kim Dong Hyun from uh, Guangzhou. Uh, so they're going about signing all like uh, Go Min Young from from Buchan. Who do they take from Busan? Yeah. Who do they take from Busan? Nobody yet. Still negotiations. But, they're, but, they're, but the Songnam fans are calling it the Avengers of the K2. They're looking at all the best K2 players and trying to bring them into, into Songnam. Um, I mean, our, our goal for 2019 is to finish above Incheon. Well, that's going to be a lot easier now that <laughs> Moon Son Min's gone. <laughs> yeah, and Aguilera's joined Jeju. Jeju, confirmed a couple of days ago. Um, but it's not just John Book and Songnam who have been active. We also have Suwon Bluebings who have sh- sh- like shot of eleven players, something like that. Uh, one of them maybe not quite what they were intending, and probably not their choice at the end of the season. But anyway, because their captain is no longer. Yeah, another drink driver. Yep, that's the third. You had Lee Sang Ho. The, the this guy now and there was a, the Jeju boy who yeah, had the car accident but yeah. the rumours were he may have been drinking right so what's your take on the uh, the Suwon guy was, like for me I understood why Lee Sang-ho was fired from Seoul because he deliberately tried to hide his, his drink driving charge uh, and conceal it from the club and, and get away with it um, in this case the Suwon guy reported to the club that he got done for drink driving name was and they fired him anyway. Yeah. I mean, two things I would say. One, at least they have a level of, of, of integrity because he was a captain. And if it had been a, you know, like a youth player or someone who barely was near the team, then it would have been, easy to, it would have been an easy decision to make. You've got to imagine it was in his contract. So you've got to imagine contractually there was something that said, if you commit an offence, you'll be terminated. Um, personally... That's a tough one, right? Um, these guys are, are allegedly role models and everything else, but I do feel that terminating their contract because of drink driving, uh, I don't know, it seems a bit Is it? severe, to be honest. Because, yeah, we see, well, let's, let's, let's put it this way. In Korea, we do complain a lot that the rules against drink driving are not strict enough and people get away with it and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, I don't quite see it as a, a firing offence. Um, definitely, if if depending on how much he was over, which well, let's say if he was Mr. Kim, who was the who, who was in charge of Samsung's marketing, I guarantee he would be getting a chauffeur for the next eighteen months to his work, not a chauffeur to the job centre for a new job, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I you kind of get the feeling that if he was working for the actual Chebol, that he wouldn't be getting punted. I assume, although to be fair, uh, this year they have dropped the uh, the level of alcohol from 
like 0.05 to 0.03. Yeah, it's pretty much zero now, right? Yeah. Um, but you'd assume that if he was like really, really over, like blowing like a one of those pass out drunk 0.18 or whatever, that some, sometimes that would have been reported. It wasn't reported at all. So. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously the club must have a policy on it. Maybe maybe we can call it the, the East Sang Ho policy. Uh, I guess after that happened, maybe... You know, maybe Suwa knew he was doing it. I think the rumours are that that's why he was sold, right? Yeah, he got done before. This is what I read, that he would got done for drink driving when he was at Suwon, uh, and that, that's why they punted him. So maybe after that, they, they decided that every every player's contract would, would, would have a clause that said, if this continued, he'd be fired. In which case, he is absolutely no... Like, no... In which case, he's a Muppet. Well, I was going to say he doesn't have a leg to stand on, but maybe he was legless anyway, so... <laughs> Probably, probably not the best phrase to use, yeah. And I guess that the final thing to talk about is Ulsan have also boasted the squad as well. Uh, Yoon Young Sun from from um, Songnam has come in, and uh, they, they've looked pretty pretty busy. As a Pohang actually as well. Ju Mingyu, who they stole from Seoul. Yep. Uh, so definitely, most teams seem to be bolstering their squad. Suwon Blue Wings and FC Seoul seem to be the only two that haven't really signed anything marquee yet uh, yeah although you could you could argue that Osmar on a three year deal was a marquee signing right no he's not got he's not glamorous is he but in terms of he's probably the best defender in the in the league if Sol if you if you were the sole manager and they said you can sign one player what would you have signed Osmar you'd have signed Osmar over a striker yep why uh, because yes Seoul created very little last year but there was also no leader on the pitch and they looked completely devoid of, of any idea about what they were doing Osmar is a born leader is my personal opinion I think Osmar is one of the best players I've seen in the K-League and not just because he follows me on Twitter I, I, I actually when he first came here I used to laugh at him a little bit because of his like, <laughs> Galby photographs uh, but I do think he is he's an exceptional player and I think getting him back into that team whether it's in defence or, or it's you know as a defensive midfielder you know a sweeper whatever he, he's going to play under Che uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge it's a huge masterstroke to, to get him on a three year contract because guaranteed if they hadn't got him on a three year contract he'd have been wearing green next season so your prediction is instead of losing 1-0 every other week Solo is going to draw 0-0 every week yep that's my prediction yes but I think as I said one of the biggest problems was there was no leader on the pitch for FC so now you brought back him so he's the one who's going to be pushing the team motivating the team leading the team and I think a lot of players will, will feel more comfortable and more confident having Osmar behind him in front of him to, to, to the left of him to the right of him so do you remember back at the beginning of last... Because, you know, jokers to the left and all that stuff. Back at the beginning of last year, I translated an interview with Huang, mm-hmm. uh, which turned out to be a load of bollocks. And then, so I saw an, an interview with Che in the newspaper recently. I haven't translated it, but I'll give you the, the most important thing, was that uh, before the season, at the end of last year, after the, the survival was confirmed, he set his target for this year to be making an ACL spot uh, but now, in the harsh light of day, he thinks that's too optimistic. I would agree with him on the second point. Yeah, I think it's far too optimistic. Looking at the way, looking at transfers, the, the way they've happened, no one is touching 
John Book and Ulsan. I'm not convinced Ulsan will touch John Book, but Jumengu might. They Jumengu and Yoon Young Sun are huge signings, in my opinion. Um, so no one's touching the two Hyundai clubs. Uh, Pohang are not sitting still. They also, they just signed Wanderson as well from uh, Jonam. Uh, they're not sitting still. Um, Gangwon brought in uh, some boy, some Mr. European boy. They sent a couple of other players as well. Um, Kyungnam lost lost a few key players. Yeah, Kyungnam have lost a few key players. I think Markal's away, right? I'm not, I don't know if that's official or uh, not yet. Yeah, I've, I've seen. Um, but I would be surprised if Kyungnam were able to repeat last season's. Jeju signing Aguilar's going to Aguilar's a huge signing as well and they I think Jeju will be there or thereabouts uh, I think you're looking at your top four can so break into it sorry top three sorry can so break into the top three the answer I'm sorry for Seoul fans is not a chance but having said that if this Cup was, run yes if this was the UK the manager would be saying well the league's obviously going to be tough to, to get ourselves up from 11th into 3rd but I think we could have go on a good cup run. That's what I'm going to be targeting. If he, if, where, if he where means, are the platitudes, man? Where are the platitudes? If, if the he cliches? means, if he means qualifying for the ACL through winning the FA Cup, then yes, I would agree with him. If he means qualifying for the ACL through getting third or fourth and hoping that the winner of the FA Cup is first or second, no. He, he didn't elaborate what he meant. Yeah, he just said that he hoped to qualify for the ACL, and now he doesn't think it's going to be possible. Don't forget, Songnam are back. In K1, we'll be so we'll be we'll be fighting points. we'll be fighting for for the FA Cup. That's nine points in the bag, then. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I I don't think they can finish in the top three as much as much. I think John Buchanan and I've got that league wrapped up, two of them, and I think it's between. I think Blue Wings have have done a have had a disastrous transfer window so far, but we'll see what happens with them. But um, you may be looking at Blue Wings, Pohang, Jeju. Um, Gang One would be the next four strongest teams. So, so his aim has just got to be you get in the top six this year, right? And challenge. Tegu. Um, you never going to know what's happening. You never know. I mean, I was surprised that Tegu did as well as he did last year. I was even more surprised that they, that they won the FA Cup. Now they had the distraction of at least the group stages of the of the ACL. Um, would they keep that squad together? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Daegu are unpredictable. Let's be perfectly honest. Songnam, as I said, will just our, our our aim will be finish above Incheon and not in the playoffs. <laughs> um, Sangju's squad has not exactly been hugely strengthened, right? They announced five or six players that they signed. Seven, I think. Seven that they announced them this morning, and I had to actually Google half of them. Yeah, and from a narrow range of clubs as well, right? Yeah. So I don't know if that's just one part of the announcement. If there's another part they coming no, they up, they normally take like fifteen or twenty. Don't yeah, they? yeah. So maybe that's just one, one group they've announced. But I guess a whole bunch of players are exempt because of the Asian Games. So. Yeah, but it didn't look at. I mean, it didn't look as if they were going to be a particularly strong team. Not when they're losing, you know, like you know, players like like some of the higher profile players during, like during the season as well. So I would, I would. I mean, we'll do our predictions a lot later. But I would imagine Sanju are getting relegated this year. Inchon in the playoffs. Sonam just above it. Survival is all Sonam are looking for. I'm going to, that's not optimistic. That's that's all we're looking for. Finish above Inchon and survive. That, that, beat Suwon. Oh, beat Suwon home and away. 
try and get a, uh, try and get a go in Siam. I'm just looking forward to a trip down to Jonju again. I, have, I, have, I haven't been to Jonju since they cheated us any of the five other times I've been down there. We, we can get back our podcasting through the bars. We can indeed, and I'm sure we'll, we'll be, be doing some uh, podcast host previews of the Seoul Songnam games. So that means we need to find another correspondent, right, to cover K2. We've got one. The chief is coming on on a monthly basis. He will be doing a monthly alternative view on the podcast. There you go. He, he, he only has a couple of weeks to come on for his first one of the year. Okay. Okay, sweet. So that's everything. Anything else? Uh, winner and loser of the week. Uh, loser, Australia. Winner, Iran. Iran? Why Iran? Because they absolutely destroyed whoever they were playing. I can't even remember now. But that's uh, Yemen. Yeah. That's three points they should have had anyway. Yeah, but they're still... Do you, do you not think it's more likely to be someone like Jordan who... Well, you can choose your winner. An unexpected win. Well, you can choose your winner. My winner is Iran for putting down a marker that they're going to win the tournament. They're going to win the tournament. You know you know, Trump's listening to this. My money's on Iran to win it anyway. I've been saying that since for a couple of weeks. I think you need to check Asian Cup facts and uh, redistribute your money. Okay. Iran. Winner and loser? Winner of the week, Jordan. Okay, sound good to me. Loser? Uh, the Kyrgyzstan goalie. <laughs> yes, he is a loser, right? Unless he had money on it, in yeah. which case he's the winner. Yeah. Maybe he's the biggest winner, actually. <laughs> okay, sweet. So I guess we're going to go with something about the biggest winner from, from Whitney Houston. What? <laughs> the outro will be the biggest winner. The biggest winner? I don't know, one of them sang that, one of those divas. Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey or someone like that, right? I don't know, don't know what you're talking about, but... Uh, producer Henry will make his executive decision. Sounds good to me. Okay, it's been a pleasure seeing you again, Paul. See you again next week. Bye.